want to welcome Tim Wood of Alliance Gold to the show. Tim Wood, belt historian, member of the other Alliance Guys podcast. Tim, how's it going? It's going fantastic, Rick. I'm super excited to be here with you. I've been going through, if you see new likes on your YouTube page recently, <laughs> Jacques Rougeau, Wrecking Ball Ligurski, I'm, I'm getting through them one at a time. So we've got a bit of a backlog and I love, I love what you do here. Uh, thank you. I very much uh, appreciate that. I've been working hard to bring quality content over quantity, really. So, cat, hey, we have a visitor. All right, there you go. <laughs> it's not the only time that's happened, so that's that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, Tim, tell me a little bit about your background and the uh, you know your interest in professional wrestling. I always love uh, hearing everybody's story because it's just uh, it's just a blast, really, to to discover how people got into it. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm uh, I'm from Toronto, Canada. Uh, I live about an hour just outside of it now. Uh, so uh, when I was growing up, w uh, WWF had just taken over from the NWA at Maple Leaf Garden. So okay. we we had seen a few shows of the NWA, and you know, uh, the only time I can the only match I could ever remember going to see as a kid in the NWA was uh, Ric Flair versus Wahoo, and wow. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I was. I was pretty young. Well, we grew up, you know, in a WWF town, as I say. It's so weird to say WWF, isn't it? It's strange. To say that. Uh, I. The funny thing is, I still say that, like, do you <laughs> regularly? Yeah, I. I, uh, I catch myself sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my parents weren't into it, but the the first thing I remember for uh, enjoying pro wrestling was uh, we had this old lady who lived a couple doors over. She was like an extra grandma to us, and my sister and I used to go over and knock on her doors and get free cookies. And I can remember her standing, I'm maybe seven, eight years old in her living room. And she was watching Al Tomko's All-Star Wrestling, which was an NWA West Coast Vancouver uh, you know, affiliate. Yep. And the, I, the first match I ever remember seeing anyway was Bruiser Brody versus Abdullah the Butcher. And... I don't know what this says about me, but you know, Abdullah stabbed a fork in, in, in Bruiser's head and I was hooked. So I'm like, <laughs> what is this? How can this possibly be on television? Um, so I mean that's how I got into wrestling. I just became an instant fan, and then it was all you know, Hulkamania, and it turns out I went to the same high school as Rowdy Roddy Piper in Toronto, and you know, that stuff like that just just kind of fueled the the love for for pro wrestling. Um, and then I met a friend of mine at, uh, at 13, uh, we, I guess we started high school or junior high or something about then who said, you gotta get back into the NWA and he had a satellite dish and he had tapes. He was a tape trader and I just fell in love and there was, there was no looking back with like the after mags and, you know, like WWF could not compare to NWA for me, the, the stories, the wrestling, the quality, you know. So I've been a lifelong fan ever since I was a kid. Same here. So it's been roughly 40 years, I guess you could say. And it's funny because I live in WWF territory. Uh, right. I live probably 40 minutes from Stanford. Right. And so everybody, WWF was king, of course, in that time period. And uh, But it was like once I discovered the NWA, it was all over. Like yeah. it was, To me, it's like... It didn't look like a cartoon. It looked more realistic. People used realistic sounding names. That uh, the matches looked more brutal, I guess you could say, and and, and more legit. That, that's a hundred percent it. I mean, when you when you got away from the 
the characters that the WWF were all about and got into, like you say, like it was almost the plausibility of the NWA. Right. You know, even when I figured out it wasn't, it wasn't uh, anything more than than what it is. Um, right. When I when I was young and I, I thought the whole thing was a was a shoot. Uh, I still, you know, it, it just made the 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 legitimacy, the plausibility of the NWA so much uh, so much better for me than any other product. Were you um, so when you mentioned the first thing you you saw was Abby and uh, Bruiser? Yeah. Did that influence your style of wrestling that you uh, preferred? I know everybody's got a style that they prefer. It's funny because you know those those two guys are obviously big you know, bruisers, uh, big, yep. big beefy boys, but honestly, hoss fights are not my favorite. Uh, okay. it's, it's, uh, it was the, you know, the, the Dean Malenko's, uh, the, the Ben was to, uh, not a name I, I care to bring up too often, but the scientific technical guys were the guys that I just, wow, this is incredible. You know, when you're watching the, the scientific holds and the chain wrestling and, and right up through my teens, like you, if I were watching WCW and there was a cruiserweight match, which just owned that era for them for such a long time, if Dean Malenko was in that match. Yep. You know, yep. Yeah. I, it was, it was really the technical stuff that I loved the best. Same here. I prefer traditional style of professional wrestling, technical wrestling over, because I will sit there at the edge of my seat if it's done properly, you know what I mean? As opposed to watching people gouge each other with forks or ladders and all yeah. that stuff, you know, it's more enjoyable. So especially nowadays, like there's, it's just been around so long and it's gotten so ridiculously over the top, the extreme and hardcore rules, you know, every match seems to have a table or a chair and, you know, in back in the good old days is, as we, uh, I'm in my fifties, so <laughs> I'm know. not too far off. I'm, I'm a few, few years away. So I, there you, you go. <laughs> I mean, when, when it was, when it was infrequent, um, and it, it seemed to mean more, you know. Yeah. Like, and it, it just kind of felt like, like wrestling with the extreme rule stuff. Uh, I mean, I was never interested in somebody hitting each other with light tubes and, you know, and uh, barbed wire matches and, and all that stuff. Unless it was, you know, a long time ago, Terry Funk's in Japan, that type of thing. It was just yeah. crazy. Yeah. 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 I think that uh, there was, I think, like a brief period, but then it just became too normal in professional wrestling for me yeah. to just not care. And now, you know, if you remember the era that we grew up in, people would be disqualified for using weapon of any sort. And now... I think with the thanks to I think a group like ECW that it just became normal for people to just yeah you know pull it out from anywhere and it just so it's kind of upsetting in a way that uh, I feel like we can never go back or it just depends on a match that you were watching that uh, you know however it's booked then they'll decide to disqualify somebody out of nowhere or something to that effect it's kind of we're living in a weird era. You know what I mean? Influenced by, you know, the late 1990s, early 2000s. It's just very bizarre to, you know, think about it. We basically have no rules unless they set rules for that particular match. Which is why, you know, Ring of Honor, I always thought, was the uh, uh, the ground zero for what could have been. And hey, who knows? Maybe still could be uh, the change, like trying to fit the genie back into the bottle. Maybe right. it can't be done. But if there was a promotion that was coming along, what well, maybe that's the NWA, I don't know, that said, 
we have rules. We're going to enforce them, whether that's small things like hand-to-hand -hand tags or you got to hold the tag rope. Um, you know, if you're in the ring, I'm going to boot you out. Stuff that, you know, you can work the story around, traditional stuff. And if someone slides in with a chair, there's a DQ. You know, like yeah. I feel like there's a market for a company to do that. And just, you know, um, amongst my friends, I often talk about the John Wick movies. Like every, I love the John Wick movies, but everything is more insane than the last one before it, right? There has to be 400 explosions this time because there was 300 last time. Like, <laughs> if you sold me a product that just gave me one in a match mm -hmm. and built from there, I felt like I would be like I would be drawn into that if we if we went back to that ground zero. Right, right. And that's what I thought we were going to get with the NWA, but I guess that depends on the week, you know. Uh, speaking of which, I know that you and I have discussed this pr prior uh, online about the. Uh, current situation of the nwa i've done episodes about it you guys have spoken extensively about it yeah. on your show and uh well it's a very confusing product uh, uh, currently so it's uh as much as i love it and there's times i want to turn away I, there are times i definitely turn it off uh, especially if our little friend gags the gim shows up on tv which sure, I've, I've explained that. Yeah. yeah um but you know there's there's times where I think that this past week's episode was probably of power. It's probably the one of the best ones I've seen in a very long time. It wasn't. Uh, I didn't turn it off. Uh, I stayed there for the entire sixty minutes and watched it, and I enjoyed right. it for the most part. Yeah, and that's a rarity. I think is yeah. what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. By now, by today's standards, I think, uh, and I know that uh, we've discussed this, and Jake Hell and has said that he's basically Billy, uh, being him is booking for himself and, and anything that he wants to see. Right. So, you know, I got away from wrestling in my late twenties. Okay. Um, like anything else, you just kind of yeah you know, move on after a while. And, you know, I liked girls and <laughs> I liked, uh, <laughs> I liked working and I liked, I like other sports. So, um, and you, you get married, you have kids and you just don't have time for some stuff. Right. Yep. What drew me back in, was actually the same friend who you know you are talking about the tape trader and the satellite dish the same guy texted me online and said you know the rock and roll express just won the nwa world tag team titles and i went get the out of here <laughs> i'll edit myself um and i turned it back on and what mr corgan was was preaching was respect tradition legacy mm -hmm. and i thought we're going to be creating uh, we're going to be part of a of a of a fan base. I say we a lot. I'll just cut myself off because I'm invested into the NWA still. Same. Yep. Uh, so when I say that, I mean them, but us, including the uh, as the fan base, we were going to be creating a product that was traditional wrestling based. We were going to see, you know, the the four horsemen of today, right? They weren't going to be called that. They were going to be strictly business or what have you, because that's correct. Good. Yep. Yep. Um, we were going to see NWA rules probably from the Crockett era, but maybe we could have bits of, you know, uh, Florida or, uh, you know, the West Coast or like L.A. if you go back that far, um, whatever it might be, and and bring these, these real, more realistic, real talents in and, and showcase them. And I feel like, while that's sometimes the focus, it's so scattered 
it's it's like light through a prism sometimes like here's what we're going to feed you and what comes out the other side of the booking uh is a lot of impact and wwe style uh storylines and characters and nonsense and um I, you know when we criticize it on the show uh and you know and and jay and and uh and dkm and jaden on on the alliance guys i think even more so yeah uh, you know they've been doing that for 16 years so we'll we'll let them we'll let them have it um it's out of a place of we want it to be better mm -hmm. and we respect the talent who are doing it the guy under the gags the gimp mask is a very good wrestler um but it's things like his character that i just can't abide for abide by more than than you can man like it's just uh it's too far out there for me like I said, I think, I think what the was it two weeks ago when I was on uh, the Alliance guys as a guest, and I think yeah. that I basically I stated like you just did that they're basically going in the direction of sports entertainment, and the NWA has always been uh, I don't want to say company, but a you know governing body that really focused on professional wrestling part of professional wrestling. Right when the um with you know. So the fact that they're going in the uh, sports entertainment direction with gimmicks like that, and uh, it's just very frustrating for lifelong NWA fans. You know what I mean? I've I've kept up with the NWA even after the Crockett era, with through the weird eras that they've had, where it wasn't uh, you know they didn't have television or uh, the TNA version or you know era or what have you. So. It's very hard to swallow something like that going down in the uh, sports and entertainment uh, direction. Wrestling fans, promoters, wrestlers, and anyone who enjoys pro wrestling now have something new to be excited about. The Wrestling Fans International Association, the WFIA, is back. WFIA is an association that exists to promote, grow, and support professional wrestling throughout the world. Membership is free. Your membership includes a free digital bi-monthly publication of the Wrestling Fan News newsletter, association updates, voting privileges, and much more. Please go to thewfia.org, that's T-H-E-W-F-I-A.org, and become a member today. Yeah, and it just seems like the wrong path overall. Uh, yes. So if I live in a town that has... A uh, AAA ball club, uh, which I often equate the NWA to in, in terms of baseball, the wrestling. Right. Um, why would I try to imitate the the juggernaut of professional? Uh, no, I shouldn't say professional wrestling. I should say sports entertainment by making sports entertainment that can't possibly be as good as they are. Right. They don't. They don't have the budget. They don't have you know, uh, the, the setup, the, the fan base to, to do this, why right. wouldn't you focus on what it is your strengths were and always have been since 19, you know, the 1948, like it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, uh, I, I often think that if I owned the NWA, I'd hire a booker and, uh, <laughs> because I wouldn't be able to do it. I would just be, Junior to that person in decision making with my own ideas. Do you know who that booker would be? <laughs> oh, that's a question. Yeah. 
I've had ideas. <laughs> so, because I've had that same dis like discussion with people, and I, wow. and one person really comes to mind in my, my my mind, and it's just an obvious choice. It would be one Mr. Jim Cornett. Yeah, but he'd never come. Like no. like after what happened with the. The, the the bucket on the back of the motorcycle joke and how he was asked to uh, apologize and gave the old you know f you to everybody and like he yeah. wouldn't come he doesn't even talk about it on his podcast right well no I don't think he talks I mean he makes fun of AEW and uh, talks you know his time in OVW I mean at least the previous episode that I just checked out right you know now he doesn't talk about uh jeez much else really. But but that is the obvious pick. You're right. If he ever yeah. wanted to leave his house, that that would be. What you <laughs> you'd you'd about have to be getting. Yeah, you'd have to be getting paid a lot of money to leave Kentucky. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think, yeah. I think my mind immediately went to uh, Gabe Sapolsky, but I think he's with okay. WWE right now. Currently, yes, he is. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I I don't know. There's probably all kinds of. What's his name? Uh, oh, Cornette loves him. Uh, from Ring of Honor. I'm gonna um, look it up while we talk. <laughs> not the not uh Carrie Silken, the owner, the previous no, not owner. Carrie Silken. No, no, no. Uh, uh, I, right now. Yeah, I'm not sure who, who you might be referring to. Uh, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> oh. Anyway, carry on. I will uh continue to yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think as well. But um, so how did you decide to start, uh, you know, get into belts and belt collecting and creating a website and the biographies and basically becoming a belt historian for the NWA? What drew you to that? I will answer that. Uh, the name I was thinking of was Delirious from uh, oh, Ring of Honor. Yes, yes. Now I remember. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I could not think of the name. So uh, for the belts, yes. So uh, in January 2020, uh, I had a heart attack. And wow. uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, wasn't a bit of, it's, it's life-changing. I, I do not recommend zero stars on Yelp. Don't have one. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was at home actually only two weeks, but uh, before I was back to work. But um uh, I was pretty sedentary following the heart attack for a long period of time. Um, and I just started clicking around in my easy chair and my laptop. And I, I noticed that you could get, uh, when I was looking at, at NWA belts, I don't remember why I originally started looking them up, but uh, you can get photos in one place. You can get uh, like all over the place. You can get amazing title histories from the great Hisa over at uh, Pro Wrestling Title Histories. Um, that's a, that's an incredible site, um, and you can obviously find snippets from you know guys like Cornette and and other wrestlers about interesting things that happened during title changes in other places. There wasn't really one site where you could put them all together. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started collecting what first just little snippets with photos in the beginning and kind of putting them up on my Facebook page that, that I created and saying, hey, you know, did you guys know that, um, you know, Manuel Sabala Jr., the guy who created the 10 pounds of gold, was also the guy who created the crown belt, the NWA crown belt that uh, preceded it. People would go, wow, that's awesome. 
Um, so I would put all that stuff together and it just kind of started to steamroll. And so I started adding uh, more and more belts, more and more info. And the the next thing I, I knew, I had two people reach out to me. The first was the, the owner and, and uh, champion of the NWA British Commonwealth Championship right here. Uh, that's a that's a cheap replica. <laughs> he still has the original. And uh, that's Drew Onyx, who was a okay. uh, he's a former NWA North American uh, champion as well. Did um, he work um, for Wildside at all? Did he come into Wildside? No, I don't think so. No? Okay, uh, I hope he doesn't watch this and go, "No, Tim, I was in Wildside." No, I don't believe so. <laughs> I just remember him being like you know a bunch of years back. That that yeah. name, I I just heard a lot. So yeah. he actually became a promoter for NWA Quebec. Okay. And he worked in uh, UK Hammerlock and a bunch of other places as well. He did a couple of anniversary shows at the, um, you know, uh, uh, down in the States. Um, but he ended up developing this title and he reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I like what you've written on other stuff. Would you like the inside scoop on this belt? So, you know, he was the first guy that I got on the phone with and was like, wow, an actual talent and a and a promoter and he gave me all the stories all of who made it you know it's a it's a rico man title who was a dave millican guy mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh you know all of the stories and then i did all the belts that that drew had promoted over the years so uh with like the canadian tag team championship for the nwa uh and so he's he's half the reason that i really felt you know invigorated let's make this thing bigger the other was Jason Cayley, uh, J-Cal. Yeah. Um, he, he reached out to me and said, man, I love your stuff. And I I really want to, to you know, have you be part of me, uh, in, you know, in terms of, like, bringing the, the belts onto in, into part of the alliance. And I said 100%. So I started posting stuff on his site, you know, and getting on more social media platforms. So within about a year or, or two, you know, I'd done about 75 different articles and on belts and and spoken to a number of different promoters and photographers because now I'm sort of at this stage where I if I, I don't want to just take a photo if I can help it that, that you might have seen online. Like, oh, yeah, I, I know that photo of the belt. Everyone's seen it. I want to reach out to the talent who still owns the belt or the promoter who might have those photos or the photographer who took it. Um, and I'm still building some of those relationships. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we've managed. I, I say we, it's just me. I've managed about 75 of them so far. Uh, and there's some of them are small and some of them are, are very long. And I, I put them bit by bit onto, uh, onto the website. Uh, all of them are on the Facebook page right now. Um, yeah, and it's just started to kind of grow for there uh, to the point where, you know, I'm I've kind of got myself into a bit of a of a corner now where I'm I'm stuck for a couple of reasons on not being able to contact people. Mm -hmm. Or frankly, there's some belts that I'm not sure that I should do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what would be what would be that reason that you well, there's shouldn't? Two. Yeah, there's two. One is that there's I have a lot of wrestling books, but there's there are actual great historians, right? Like Dick yep. Warren who has uh, all of these books for some of the, the great ones. Like, why bother doing big gold if there is a, 
you know, I can just go go and read this kind of idea. <laughs> like, yeah, he, I got you. Yeah, he and Dave Millican went and they physically looked at the ten pounds of gold and they studied it mm -hmm. and they found Kerry Von Erich's initials carved on the plate and you know, um, they spoke to Ric Flair and all that stuff. So there's that. If I can't do it as good, then I have to think about how can I do it differently. The other is that um, there are a lot of belts out of the southern U.S. that, uh, and I've never actually talked about this before, so you're the first, out of the southern U.S. that that bear the Confederate battle flag. Right. And it is a symbol that I oppose uh, as a, you know, as a human being, and I understand the, the um uh, you know, the outcry that, that's against it. And I have a real hard time getting myself to a place where I could feel like I could post photos. Right. So I just don't want to be part. Of, I don't even want to have that conversation online with people. You know, it doesn't feel winnable. No, so I, I, that's where I, I am. Yeah. I get what you're saying, and uh, I'm going to ask you about one of those belts that you were. Uh, sure. I read an article on on your website. I was uh, going through it last night, but the mm. uh, the Russell Birmingham belt. The yeah. uh, was it the tag team belts? I, I believe it was. It is. Um, which you know, I've seen a lot of belts in my day. <laughs> so, online being a wrestling fan for almost 40 years, but and I know you. Uh, put out there that it uh, most likely is created by Adrian Street. I remember when he ran his, uh, his, um, I guess his, uh, you know, whatever he did, he, he, ran, he made belts and uh, did um, yeah. made gear and stuff like that. But um, it definitely looks like it could be one of his uh, by the design because he's had some weird, weird looking belts in his shop, I know. And um, it's just a very unique and weird looking belt. It really is. It is. It's, I mean, from sheer artistic value and the fact that it looks like it's made entirely of leather. Right. Um, it's an amazing looking belt. Yeah. Um, there, you know, and there are strong hints of, of the Confederate uh, banner behind it. You can, yeah. you can almost, I don't think there actually is a boom. Here's the, here's the cross, but yeah. it's, it's certainly, it's certainly there. Um, and I had forgotten that one was on the site, actually. Uh, hot button issue for, for a number of people who have gone, eh. You know, you oh, I mean, about that? Yeah. I get what you're saying, uh, yeah. but also you're providing a history of the belt. So, I mean, sure. I mean, you know, I, as much as I oppose the symbol as well. Yeah. So, you know, uh, in its hatred that it that it provides that, uh, right. you know, I understand there is a history of certain things. There's going to be a time where we come across those things uh, in life in general, I believe. So, you sure. know, I you kind know. of equated it in my head and maybe like, yeah. I, you know, I am I'm a, a white male and I don't know that I am like I am the person who should be speaking to this. Right. But I kind of equated in a way to the swastika and. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's that strong to a number of people, I have to respect that. So yeah. I, I think maybe the answer in the end might just be to do the write-up and yeah. and describe it. Uh, even then, I have people saying, well, then why am I looking at your product? So there's no particular way to, to win or lose. I either leave it alone or I just do it the way I think is best, and I'll probably do the latter. What uh, was your favorite belt that uh... – that you've had to write up about? Um, 
you know, I, for me, just it was it was probably the British Commonwealth title because Drew gave me all the cool stories and the inside right. information, and you know, he's he's even told me stuff just you know that I, I didn't put in the article. Um, he's either asked me not to or you know, just like right. here's what I think about so and so who had this title. Um, but beyond that, uh, hmm, it's a great question. Uh, I would say. I, like I had a lot of personal history as a kid with the uh, the NWA Canadian Championship out of Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the NWA TV title. And Jake, how if you're watching, the answer is Blackstrap is the best. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going, to, I'm going to agree. As cool as the red one does look, but I'm more familiar with the with the black over the years. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think for me, my favorite title over the years is the 10 pounds of gold. Like that was the one I fell in love with. Um, but I reached out to, to the guys who ran NWA um, uh, Illinois and, and uh, you know, they were so great to me. And they said, here's all the photos like nobody's ever seen. So it's, I guess it's hard to pick one, but there's some really interesting belts. There's almost 400. Right, NWA belts that I've. That's amazing to, to think about since 1948, mind you. Since so, 1948, and you have yeah. to you have to sort of say that if they were an affiliate member, you know, they bought right. the, the NWA name for a while during the certain era. That is included in that number. Right. Available on all streaming platforms. It's professional wrestling's greatest, largest, privately owned wrestling library. All the classic hits, flips, slams, and pins of yesteryear are on one place. It's Ultimate Classic Wrestling. Check out the Nature Boy Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Mr. USA Tony Atlas, Tito Santana, Rick Martel, a who's who of professional wrestling's greatest spotlight stars ever to grace the squared circle all in one place. Grab the best seat in the house for memories and mayhem on Ultimate Classic Wrestling. So, of course, you joined the Alliance guys earlier this year, or the other Alliance guys, I should say. You're one-third of the other Alliance guys. Now, mind you, I've loved the product that Jake has been putting out for a number of years. I don't think uh, before I started talking to him, I was uh, a fan of his product. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I've always enjoyed his website. And then obviously yeah. you got asked, what was it, late last year or earlier this year that you uh, started podcast doing an additional podcast for his uh yeah, for, 45 weeks ago this week. I just we, ah. we number the episode, so it's almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm uh, always enjoying anything that you guys talk about. I mean, you guys don't only talk about the NWA. You talk about a lot of the United Wrestling Network yeah. uh, uh, stuff, which I thoroughly enjoy. I don't know. What do, you, what do you watch today as far as wrestling goes? I watch NWA USA because I got to talk about it on our on our yep. show. Jay gets power and and we get uh, USA. That that works really well for me. Um, so I watch power. Uh, mm -hmm. and I I love the NWA pay per views. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. only been a, a couple that I haven't really uh, enjoyed over the time. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you the last one I thought was a real stinker, but yeah. 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 We can be honest here, you know, on our yeah, thoughts. Yeah. I, I will be, you know, um, and I think that one of the things is we can go on and on about certain things because um, one of the things that I, you know, they keep pushing, and it didn't, I think that, wasn't it Dave, that um, said there was probably like 250 people in the building? 
Yeah. Or something like that. That's Dave Scooby, by the way. He's the one third of the uh, other Alliance guys as well. So yeah. one of the things is that they 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 keep or they meaning Billy uh, keep uh, pushing the fact that they're selling out buildings and all this stuff. But my thing about this is, and you might have heard me say this before, how can you be proud about that if you're only selling out 250 to 400 seat buildings? I mean, look, you can look at it this way, and and you know you can be proud of your product, and but mm -hmm. um, like like even J Cal could fill mm -hmm. that building. With people to come in and talk about the National Wrestling Alliance and just sit there, two hundred fifty seats to go out, like yeah. and it happened. So, like I don't, you know, I used to live in a small town where people would say, "Hey, did you did you hear that?" Our small city that like Bon Jovi's coming and they sold out, you know, the Labatt Center. I'm like, the Labatt Center has forty five hundred seats. Like I could spell <laughs> that out if I picked up a guitar and you know, yeah, I couldn't. But you know what I mean. Like it's silly. No, I get you. Yeah. No, yeah. but the thing about three twelve. Uh, you know, and is that NWA three one three one two? Yeah, um, yeah. Whatever the pay per view is called, uh, whatever the area code is. Um, oh, the Florida one too, right? Let's get anyway. You've got a small arena. You've mm -hmm. got a bad set. Like the lighting wasn't great. The sound wasn't great. Uh, Billy Trask is an excellent uh, a director, mm -hmm. and I just feel when you have a small crowd, it brings me back to an era of the NWA where no one was watching. Yeah, and if the goal, the twenty-year plan that we've all mythically heard about for so long, is to continue to grow, that's not the arena you want to be in. What are we seven years into that now? Probably yeah. roughly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's gone down, if you ask me. Because look yeah. at the um, what was it? If you look at like the seventieth anniversary show, that was a rather build big building, and they sold a lot of seats. Yeah. And now look what they're where where they're, what they are now. It's just gone nothing but down i i agree although we we they might be on an upward trend coming out of mexico and australia and i that's you know i often try to speak hopefully um yes and yeah. i'll uh i i do that because i'm cognizant that i don't want to be a uh, a voice for just negativity i don't want to be someone who goes oh, i hate this every week because why am i doing this then you know uh, we had we had uh, we had uh, somebody watching the show who said a couple months ago at most now, why do you guys do this podcast if you hate the product so much? And we kind of went, oh look, we don't hate the product. We 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 love the 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 talent. We just want better booking, and all of that was true. But it made me think about it for a while and the way that we're you know that we're presenting. So mm -hmm. I say that to preface this: the NWA or Let's just say this. The Smashing Pumpkins went to Mexico and they brought some of the NWA with them. Yep. And we could look at that as, well, they kind of just dragged a bunch of folks from the NWA down to Mexico and had some matches, arguably, that weren't that great in the end uh, in Mexico. Yeah. And then they dragged the, the Southern Six to uh, Australia and had some matches there. Or we could put, you know, the positive light into this and say the world's heavyweight champion stepped out of all the different states that, that you know, he's been in over the last couple of pay-per-views. He went to Mexico. Well, he didn't go to Australia. But the world tag team champions and the world junior champion did and the world women's television champion was there. And 
we should be excited about this. So I think with that travel, there's the possibility that it could improve. Right. But also, you know, I, I think maybe to to the point of anyone who might be watching this, it might also go the other way. It's not that, you know, I do sit here and complain. I will gripe, but it's just because I want them to do better. Yeah, that exactly. That. I don't like what they're doing and I'm, you know, being vocal about it. Um, it's not that I hate the product because I love those three letters. I've been watching the NWA since probably 1985, maybe. Right. And it's, you know, and it's various different versions. Like I said earlier that I just want it to be what it once was. And before the pandemic, it seemed like they were on an upward scale, you know? And I think that when, when of course, before all this left, it looked like as if they were going to be in a small arena uh, yeah. prior. And then it just kind of just, you know, the pandemic happened. And then I just think they were able to get their bearings. Obviously different bookings were happening. All this wasn't agreeing with it. And it took off because he is, you know, you didn't like the direction it was going. So, but now, like you said, I think uh, it is on an upward scale going uh, forward. It seems, at least, uh, with especially it, it with the slash Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, they, it's with with the Aldis situation, and he was there when I got excited by the NWA again. You know, when mm -hmm. it was when I tuned back in, I got excited about Aldis versus Skrull before everything happened they put on um, a great series i thought you know yeah, uh, yeah yeah you know i got excited by strictly business and you know um and a lot of the the stories that were happening out of that time seemed it reminded me of you know ricky morton slapping rick flair to the ground you know over the the teeny bopper um you know yeah. bras or whatever it was from years ago the studio wrestling i was like this is great and and what was so interesting about, you know, those times is you live in a country where you can see when you were growing up, uh, you know, in the 80s, you could watch the NWA far off more than I could. It just yeah. wasn't broadcast in my province um, since uh, since the, the Sheik lost Toronto and the Tunnies moved in and, you know, the rest is, is history. Um, Cornette will actually talk about it on his podcast a lot. That you know, there's two big towns, and one of them's Toronto for in the tradition, the, uh, the uh, territory era, right? Um, um, but I was so drawn in by a product that I couldn't really see very often. I have seen the NWA in person twice in my life. That's it. And I'm this far invested into, into that memory, that part of my life, that that's what I'm hoping the NWA continues to build towards. Bigger shows, bigger venues, you know, but those storylines, those, that kind of action, you know, like you've got, you guys had me since NWA, since, you know, the, the mid 19, early 1980s. Mm -hmm. Just don't lose me like the way WWF did. Right. Do you still keep up on any WWF at all? Only in the sense of shorts and Cornette's podcast. Uh, yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but, um, you know, and he's so polarizing. And But he's, <laughs> I, I, I put in our Discord the other day, like, you know, he's he's an a-hole, but like he feels kind of like our a-hole. Yeah. A, a lot of the time. And I think he's a lot on, uh, he's wrong on a lot of things as well. 
but no, like the the shorts that I that that I'll I'll watch will be like like the you know here's what he thinks about Sami yeah. Zayn versus whoever. I'll watch those. Um, AEW the same way. I'm ex you know I'm interested from a business standpoint about you know the selling out of Wembley Stadium. Uh, you know. I've been following that since they announced it just because I want to see if they can actually do it. I haven't uh, tuned – well, AEW when it first came out, was it four years ago? I was really intrigued by it because I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. I had been away from wrestling for a couple of years because when I divorced my first wife, I kind of just got too busy and life was happening. I just lost yeah. interest. When I met my second wife, uh, her son was into WWE, so I you know, slowly got back into it. And so, and then the NWA happened. I was like, God damn, or Billy bought the NWA <laughs> rather. I was like, God damn, like, all right. So, you know, I was all about it. And then, uh, damn, I forgot where I was going with this. I hate when I do that. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, well, watching the WWE versus. Yeah. 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 But, but the, well, the thing with AEW is it's like when they first started, I was watching and I was like, yeah, they got a lot of kinks to work out, but it's worth a watch. Right. And then the last, I don't know, I think since January, I just probably watched it three times. And I didn't watch it for a couple months. And then about two or three weeks ago, I turned on just to check it out. And within 10 minutes, I shut it off because I couldn't take it. And it's very similar to, to Monday Night Raw. I'll watch it for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and then decide whether I <laughs> want to stay there for the next three hours. And uh, sure. so a lot of what I get on my wrestling between WWF and AEW is by reading you know, the observer or right. stuff I see on TikTok or something to that effect. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's, it's really exciting for AEW that they can sell out. I'm going to guess 80,000 tickets at Wembley stadium. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, that's super exciting. They'll never do that again no. be, because great Britain doesn't have pro wrestling like, like that on a regular basis. Yeah. And once that, you know what, I'm just, I'm actually just parroting Cornette now. I just realized, but once you do that, once it's, you're going to get less people the next time that's that's not a milestone that they should consider have you ever seen the film moneyball no i've heard of it though i've never seen it so there's there there are a team in the oakland athletics that are you know they have like i don't know 35 million dollars for their budget and the the yankees you know the the manager says have like 120 million dollars for their budget and you're never going to if he says something about if you play we try to play ball like the New York Yankees pay ball, we're going to lose every single time. And this is why AEW is never going to surpass the WWE. It's not possible. I think they give too many people creative control, their own creative control on top of it. And, right. and they're trying to shock people each and every week. And there's a big announcement each and every, every week. week. I mean, every week. Yeah. yeah. See, see who's got a broken arm or dislocated shoulder or broken ankle each and every week through the table spots, cheer shots, and God knows what other spots. Uh, right. How many times, every time there's a cage match, there's a spot off the top of the cage. Right. You know, and, yeah. and uh, on top of that, there's um, uh, there's too much wrestling on TV now. And they've, you know, mm -hmm. I know they're getting rid of the two shows, Dark and Dark Elevation, I think, is the other one that yep. nobody ever watches. Nobody watches yeah. Rampage, is my uh, understanding. And they're making another three-hour show. And I think the fact that they have a, a collision, I think it's called, right? Yep. yep. And I think the fact that he owns Ring of Honor you can't sell it. I ought, ought to tell them that there's enough wrestling 
out there right now. Which again, back to our to our previous point, if there is if there is another product that does things differently, like like you were saying, AEW came in, they were going to do things on a sports based platform, and now they're just trying to be WWE. I don't want the NWA to try to be like WWE. I want the NWA try to be like a modern day version of the NWA of old. Um, and UWN does that. Sorry to your previous question. I also watched yeah. the UWN because of uh, Jeremy, uh, one of one of the three uh, other alliance guys. Yeah, we talk about the UWN every week, and you know they've got Championship Wrestling, uh, which used to be Hollywood, uh, uh, and now they have Derby City, and they're they're kind of have something to do with Memphis as well under their banner. Um, I went, eh, you know, when Jeremy started doing it, great. I want to do something different on the show. Fantastic. That'll be your your deal. One day I started watching it. And, you know, I know championship wrestling from, from Hollywood. I know Dave Marquez Productions. Yep. I, the NWA was had Dave Marquez as a uh, producer. That's my favorite NWA. I'm going to tell you that I fully 100% agree with that. And I'm going to tell you with him doing the ringside interviews and at the podium and doing the ring introductions. And to me, he just had a certain charm about himself that really added to power. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, he did an interview on championship wrestling, I guess, or maybe it was Derby City. Probably Derby City with Zicky Dice a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was Derby he, City. Yeah. Right, and he was, yep. you know, he was as usual, like, I'm here with Zicky Dice and kind of the sort of, you know, a little bit meeker persona that Dave Marquez has that you don't get that he has in, in social media. Like, he's right. pretty uh, he's pretty independent and standalone. Um, but, like, Zicky Dice actually said to him, like, Dave, I'm going to take over this whole joint. When I do, I'm going to get you fired from yet another job. <laughs> and he had to turn away. He turned his head because you could see he was laughing. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, Dave Marquez is like, I love the UWN because that's what I wish the NWA was right now. Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, the, the Pro, Pro Wrestling Fault, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained Carl Anderson, Anderson the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harrison, Jillian Hall. Plus 45 other short stories, including Jazz, Bobby Eaton, Kamala, Thunder Rosa, Mario Mancini, Scott Casey, PJ Black, Carrie Morton, Sal Renaro, Jeremiah Plunkett, Colby Carino, Bam Bam Malone, and many others. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville. It's where wrestling lives. Hi, this is Bob Smith. You might remember me from my years at Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine. Well, now I've started a brand new podcast called The Outdated Wrestling Hour. Yes, we're going to take a whimsical look back at the wrestling figures, stars, and trends from years gone by. We're talking 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and a whole lot more. There's going to be laughs. There's going to be fun. There's going to be action. You name it. Please tune in for The Outdated Wrestling Hour wherever you get your podcasts. Great product. The three brands that they have, I think Memphis is a puts on a really good show. I think yeah. Dustin Starr is really great at what he does with booking. Um, uh, you know, uh, some of the talent there is really, really good. I just interviewed uh, the women's champion over there, Nix. So, how did look, you? 
yeah, she's a great lady that will be coming out very shortly. Um, so yeah, it was a fun interview to get to talk to somebody from the Memphis wrestling, uh, group and you know uh derby city since it's been what's it been just about a month month and a half since it's yep. been around and yep. i watched that first episode and i was blown away yeah. like literally i said this is what professional wrestling is supposed to look like exactly and great it, great show it looked like championship wrestling you know presented by car shield or whatever in a bigger yep. auditorium yep right yep. so i i loved it too and the, the talent that they've got at all three of those those uh those cities and, and those promotions like K Tumor in in, yeah. in Memphis, which you know, if you're not watching Memphis, like I mean, I get it from the production value. It's a very small, strange looking room. Yeah. Uh but uh boy, like you were you were seeing some serious talent coming out of that place as well. Yeah. K Tumor is uh probably one of the best guys out there. Uh, you know, um a friend of mine wrestled him in a tryout match there. So yeah. under the uh, under the uh, Gabe Sapolsky seminar that they had there, so he's saying nothing but great things about him, and I'm trying to get him on the show on the program. So hopefully that'll work out. I I hope, and you know there's just like I said, man, it's just the production is very strange for, yeah. and uh, but then again, Memphis wasn't always known for their great production, no matter what uh, <laughs> brand true. it was. <laughs> brand it was though that, it was very outdated true. even back in you know the '90s. So. Yeah, but Dustin Starr, uh, he he has certainly that flair for it, as you mentioned as well, right? He he makes that hair go big, and and yep. just the way he talks, like a like a big top, uh, you know, circus uh, announcer, it's perfect yeah. for the product he's got, you know. Like, yeah. You know, oh, what? It's the gun show. What are you doing here? It, it'll make you laugh, but I I enjoy it, and I I I love all three of those products. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Uh, I don't, don't watch anything else, though. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, really scaled it down. I do watch MLW. I'm not going to lie. I watch that, too. Uh, I'm enjoy enjoying that thoroughly uh, as of late, with the exception of Microman, but that's neither here nor there. He's. Like, I've, I've been told to watch it. Yeah, he's very, yeah. very tiny, right? Yeah, probably like a foot tall or something. You know, maybe two feet tall. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, guys. Uh, anyways, um, but you know, other than that, I really stick to a lot of local things as well because yeah. it's you know it's strictly professional wrestling. When you you stay at the local indie level, it's uh, there's a lot of really good products where I'm coming from. I don't know what about your area. So you Ontario is pretty big uh, as a as a province, uh, and where I am, there used to be, uh, and we've only been here, uh, I guess, about two years. My wife and I. Um, we, we kind of moved here so that we could live in a, in a place where we could afford a home. <laughs> um, but there used to be, what is that guy's name? He was one of the Highlanders, Robbie, uh, I know who you're referring to from WWE, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And then he went on impact and they showed him on TV and WWF. Yeah. He owned a promotion in this town that I have yet to find doing work but so you got to drive you got to drive to toronto um you know but there are there are some promotions in a town about two and a half uh, hours drive from here uh, called port hope uh carrie carrie morton's going to be defending the world junior championship um sometime uh i guess it's june so um we're going to go and drive and, and see that uh, my 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 wife is into the NWA now, uh, and she was never a wrestling fan. She just she loves Camille and 
you know uh, she loves the 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 ones who have the the serious you know presence on uh, on TV so uh, yeah we're gonna make that that trip it's it's funny though like like we because again Ontario is so such a big territory that um, uh, like up north like North Bay, if you want to look up where that is, it's way up in, in mm -hmm. northern Ontario. There's an independent promotion there that'll get 500 people um, to it's any given show once a month. It is. That's a good yeah. size. But because it's so big and nobody tours everywhere, um, there's a lot of room for independent promoters to to bring in talent and, and grow and and try to get their guys, uh, you know, recognized on a larger stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, of course, um, before we get out of here, I just want to talk about uh, – you mind talking about the Crockett Cup for a little bit? Yes, my favorite pay-per-view of all time. <laughs> Two nights of action, June 3rd and June 4th, and uh, I'm going to go over some of the matches that I have listed here, if you don't mind. A hundred percent. I haven't made my picks yet, so I'll, we're doing it live. All right. There you go. All right. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk about EC3 and uh, the Thrillbilly, Silas Mason. To me, why don't you make your pick first? Oh, that's not fair. Come on, man. This is going to be for the <laughs> national championship. My personal opinion is Thrillbilly is on a tear. When he first came in, and I don't know if I've ever said this on a podcast before. Maybe I did. Uh, he kind of drove me nuts. I couldn't really get into him. Oh. Uh, Playoff Domar, I really enjoyed. Now... Thrillbilly is one of my favorite wrestlers. Okay. Yeah. But I am predicting now he's going to win this national title. I will. I also am going to predict that in the next year, he's going to be the NWA world champion. Mm. So we'll talk about that in a later date if you'd like. But I agree that there is a potential that he become and he becomes NWA world champion, but not until that movie career based off of uh, his showing his Terry Bam Bam Gordy in the Iron Claw comes out and makes okay. him a bigger name, right? I'll give you that. Yeah, we know what Tyrus is champ because he has a national platform. Yeah, uh, I would say Chris Adonis is probably your na your next national, or excuse me, uh, world's heavyweight champion. Um, Do you think that's going to happen on Cro Crockett Cup weekend? So my my guess, if I were booking, and that's what I I were was kind of hoping for, night one they'd fall apart. And, okay. uh, you know, like your world's champion and, and Chris Adonis don't need to go to the semifinals. They are big enough no. on their own. You know, one of my, my favorite uh, bits of modern day Crockett Cup uh, history was when the wild cards formed and went almost the whole distance. I got to love that. You know, wouldn't you love to see – it's not going to happen, but wouldn't you love to see Jeremiah uh, Plunkett and Eric Jackson where everyone just goes, first-rounders, they're out, going to the semis? Wouldn't that be great? I love you Plunkett. Know? So Yeah, I love Plunkett too. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Eric Jackson looks like a million bucks. But oh, I, yeah. I would I would pick uh, EC3 to retain. Uh, and I, I don't think that the Thrillbillies um, – I don't think EC3's time has been long enough as national champion yet. And if he's just a transitional champion, well, you could have done that with Scion and, and throw Billy. Um, so I don't know. Um, my guess, and this is just my guess, that uh, they were just putting it on the belt, put the belt on him just to get a little attention on the NWA a little bit because EC, the EC3 is pretty well known. You know what I mean? But yeah. that, I could be completely wrong. 
So I, I've been I, known to be wrong before. I am wrong more than 50% of the time, but at least I'm bold about it. So <laughs> let's do it. Let's see what happens. Uh, let's see. What's the hardcore team war? La Rosa Negra, Samantha Star, and M95? I guess I pretty empowered. Care. I don't care either. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, and then there's the three-way tag match. Uh, yeah, I don't care about this one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Never mind. No. So, anyways, <laughs> let's go to night two, and then we'll talk about the tag teams real quick. Sure. Uh, Ken DePage uh, has a match, but the opponent has not been announced at this time. Uh, yeah. And then uh, let's see. Who do you think is going to go the distance in the uh, in the Crockett Cup? I'd have to see the bracket. Do you have it in the? I don't have it uh, loaded in, but yeah. uh, I think I have it uh, on my. It's very. I don't know, man. This is a very strange. Um... Yeah, I've got. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah. it's a very strange. Uh, uh, are they going to pre? You know, there's. Teams like a team like uh, Kratos and Odinson is a very interesting team. Putting them together, two powerhouses. You know, I really love Kratos, and Odinson's really grown on me over the years. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, that could be a team that can go further than we expect. Uh, of course, you know, my automatically whom my pick is is uh, the Fixers, local guy, in uh, yeah. part of that tag team. So I'm kind of a, I guess you can say a mark for Wrecking Ball. Uh, so I I always uh, want that guy out there. You know? Yeah, I think uh, if I were picking to the semis, I'd have just because given given the four conferences, for lack of a better term, uh, I'd have La Rebellion as my world tag champs go to the semis. Okay, um, I wouldn't pick him to win. I I take Latimer and uh, uh, Rhett Titus at the bottom half of that bracket. To mm -hmm. go to uh, the semis, which like has them over the fixers and has them over the savages, uh, but I can easily see the savages filling that that role. Um, if Tyrus and Adonis don't go the distance and collapse, uh, I I mean I don't know. I maybe the country gentleman, but it's probably who I would pick for the semis. It's yeah. a tough tough bracket. Um, but you have Cray Todinson, as I like to call them, in that bracket as well. So that they'd be a good backup. And then on the bottom side, man, I how do the Mortons have a I guess because he's world junior champion, right? That's why they have a bind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that 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 in my prediction is just gonna fall apart right there. I mean, I think that's pretty clear, but yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong. they're gonna yeah, they're gonna yeah. Collapse. I would love to see uh, the Heat Seekers go, but I think that it would behoove the NWA to have a AAA tag team, mm -hmm. which would be Arez and, and uh, Toxin go to the semis. So I guess my pick overall to win the whole thing, I and I'm again, I'm almost always wrong. I'm going to go uh, uh, kind of take the, the wild card, pun intended, with Latimer. And Titus, a cut above, is who I'm going to pick to win the whole thing. I think that's a really good, you know, to see those two put together. I was very surprised, and I really like that because I, I think that Latimer's, you know, he's been uh, with the NWA since Billy, you know, has uh, taken it over. Yeah, and he hasn't really he hasn't gone anywhere. No, um, and so he's proved his loyalty to the company. So I mean, why not, right? Yeah. Rhett Titus is another amazing talent, you know. 
So yeah. I think uh, I really like that idea of them as a tag team. Yeah, you know, and if you were trying to to fill in any way a hole left behind by Nick, Adon uh, Nick Adonis, Nick Aldis. <laughs> He's in great shape, but yeah, <laughs> Nick, Nick, by, by Nick Aldis. Um, you know, the one faction that has really gathered my attention over the last few years, the only one, was Strictly Business. Like, wouldn't you yeah. like to see a faction with Latimer, Camille, Rhett Titus, and I don't know, pick a fourth or fifth if you want to, uh, and, right. and have that, you know, have that, uh, uh, that'd be something I could totally get behind. That was definitely a group that really stuck out, you know what I mean, when, yeah. you know, there wasn't a lot sticking out necessarily that really worked it's true and i i i, I felt like we missed um uh, royce isaacs after he uh he left as well and went to the uwn for a while absolutely did because i mean that guy's a that guy is a great talent I, I thought that you know he could work very very well and the fact that he left i guess during the we lost a lot of talent during the pandemic so yeah you know, the fact that he he uh, was one of them was kind of upsetting as well because I thought that he would uh, stick around. But, you know, James Storm went to Impact, sorry. Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, you know, Eli Drake is now in WWE. So we lost a lot of really important talent. And I thought that I really enjoyed James Storm and Eli Drake in the NWA at that time period. Yeah, we lost Zicky Dice. Zicky uh, Dice, yep. Just just wanted to work was my understanding and I wasn't going to be able to do that. Uh, yeah. And whatever else was going on, but um, you know, we lost Thunder Rosa. I guess you could arguably say. I know she was at back for the attack and then gone shortly thereafter. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, and that was understandable, so that she could grow. Uh, but yeah, we we really did. And and with with Royce Isaacs, he was always this like just this, you know, one of those chicken crap heels right try not to share to swear on your on no, your you're broadcast but... you're allowed to by the way this oh, is not, okay. a, not a censored show this is not a censored show there you go uh, <laughs> one of those guys you could see with that wax mustache you know like tying someone to a railroad track that right, was right. Royce Isaacs to me he was so amazing at that and um I miss Colby Carino yeah uh, I, I know that that he didn't go because of the the pandemic but uh Hey, listen, like like we often say on the show, the NWA is a triple-A ball club where we're going to see guys on their way up and, and enjoy them while we can. And we're going to see guys at the end of their career on their way down, right? Um, yeah. Enjoy them while we can. And that's that's what it is until the, the years and a bunch of, of money for Mr. Corgan or whoever makes it, makes it bigger. We've been surprised, you know, at, at times. I've been surprised that certain people will show up in the group and i'm very excited at times and other times like uh tyrus <clears throat> uh was very disappointed you know so you know it is what it is but tyrus has been uh i guess he's pulling his weight i guess you could say yeah uh <laughs> wow man, what, a, what, what a polarizing figure right i i yeah. i just i get what he his value is and i i think we all do whether we like it or not um, and for those of us who wanted to see the, the world champion tour about or, you know, at least be able to to last more than six minutes without blowing up, he ain't that guy. But he, yeah. is, that, he is that guy who has the 10 pounds, excuse me, the 12 pounds of gold <laughs> on, on his shoulder five nights a week on a, on a popular program. I, I get it. 
Yeah. 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 Let's but not I, talk about that program. I don't want to get into politics yeah, and, well, and all that stuff. You so. know, while I'm sitting here, though, I, yeah. I, I am kind of rethinking. You know, you could have Tyrus and Adonis win the Crockett Cup and a shot at the World Tag Team titles and win that shortly after losing a 10 pounds of gold on night two so that you still have a belt on Fox programming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a way to get, uh, you know, the way to get your name out there. You know, uh, I don't know how much it works for the NWA that he's on there with the belt, but. I, I don't, you know. I don't know either. I, I, yeah. I, it upsets me that we don't know. Yeah. But that data doesn't seem to be available to us. Yeah. Surprisingly. Um, I think that it's uh, Billy, you know, I don't think he just wants us to know. I mean, I guess it, you could just kind of tell in a way. Uh, I mean, if they're selling out a 250 seat room, how about that much? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Who's your pick for the final four and the winner of the Crockett Cup, by the way? The final four? Jeez. Well, I want to see the country gentlemen. Huge Great. fan of theirs. I think they're awesome. Uh, AJ Kazan, I'm talking to him currently about being a future guest on this program as well. So I will tell you about that as an information comes available. Fantastic. Uh, like I said, Rhett Titus and Thomas Latimer is definitely one up there. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Of course, I already said the fixers because just because. Sure. You know, I'm going to be a nerd and because they're my guys, yep. you know, from, you know, one of them's from my area. And I always pick the guys from my area, no matter what I, I know they're going to lose in the beginning or whatever. However, I don't see them listed here, but I do believe that they are going to be a part of it. But uh, I would really like to see another Northeast team make it out there. And I'm going to just go with the now. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would love it because you know they haven't really done a lot with them, I don't think. Uh, you know, but I would just love to see them really push them. Yeah, absolutely. That. They look like a tag team, they act yeah. like a tag team, they do everything right, and they've done it a long time together. So a hundred percent. If there's a team that I could get behind, yeah, make it the now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Ah, well, do you have anything else you want to throw in there tonight, Tim? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm on the socials. I'm I'm uh, I'm at it's on the screen at the Alliance Gold. That's also my dot com. That's my address, and I'm slowly uploading stuff. Um, more importantly, J site uh, wrestling dot com. Um, Jay's been doing it for 16 years, right? So uh, yeah. that that's amazing. And on our podcast, if I if I can pitch, we're going to be giving this uh, this thing away. This is a uh, uh, a very rare, hard to find impact ten pounds of gold kids playset. Never been opened. Uh, we'll be doing our actual Crockett Cup brackets on on Twitter, and you know I'll probably post that later tonight or or tomorrow. And it'll just be a short period of time. Then we'll find whoever picks the winner and has the most semis or whatever, we'll, we'll win that thing. Nice. Well, Tim, I want to thank you for uh, being a part of this program, and I'd love to have you back again uh, sometime down the road. 100%. Thanks, Rick. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And, uh, by the way, go check out uh, the other Alliance guys each and every Wednesday at 6 p.m.? 6 p.m. 6.05. 6.05 <laughs> Eastern Time. <laughs>